Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to A Battle Within. If you're new, we welcome you as well. This is our podcast about our life experiences dealing with post-concussive syndrome. I'm Drew Neiman, and I'm joined by my wife, Terry Neiman, in a short while, and the inspiration for the podcast. If it's your first time here, and you're not exactly sure what post-concussive syndrome is, I'd recommend checking out episode number one. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Terry's backstory, two and three are also good places to start. If you haven't had a chance, I would also recommend listening in at episode number 12. This episode, our doctor, Dr. Rochester, explains things very well and what it was like for Terry from a medical perspective and offers a lot of good nuggets for the other folks out there who may be experiencing the same types of things and also provides a good deal of resources to look into. In today's episode, we're going to explore a very serious concern that many of those with TBIs, including concussions, struggle with. It is the sense of loss, or the finding of oneself again, the new normal, or the accepting of the new me. These are some terms used to describe this feeling of loss and change for PCS survivors. What we are referring to is the battle within. For those who do not know, experiencing head trauma can not only injure, but actually change who you are. Processing this can tend to be a true grieving process coupled with an internal and very private tug of war. The changes themselves cause a great deal of hardship on the survivor and at times their caregivers, friends, and families. Today, Terry and I talk a little bit about what is meant in the Neiman household. We talk about how we have gotten to the point we are today, and we're going to focus specifically on Terry's struggle, her particular battle within. Here we go. Hello again, Terry Neiman. How are you? I'm good, Drew Neiman. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Listen, I want to talk tonight about something that we haven't really spoken to yet that I think is important to do. And that really is, I want to talk to you about your battle within. Interesting, isn't it? I feel like I've talked about that. No, you haven't. Not up until this point. It's going to be a tough topic. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm sure it will be a little bit. But I'm sure you'll be open and honest about your experiences as you always are. Yeah. And it comes with timing where we heard from a listener just uh, yesterday, too, that asked a little bit about this. So if you don't mind, I'll give a little bit of background on what I'm looking for here, right? Ready yeah. to go? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's start with talking about, we all know that having a head injury and recovering from post-concussive syndrome has a lot of physical injuries that can come along with it. In your case, we already talked about some of those things, such as your broken shoulder, your back issues, your neck, head issues, just to name a few. Then you add in other symptoms due to the blow to the head itself, such as the migraines and light sensitivity, sleep disturbances, etc. But to me, there's also a third category to be concerned with, and that is mental health on, on its own or as a whole. I know that you agree with this, and we've discussed the mental health component in a previous episode, right? Yeah. Okay. So what I'm talking about, and just so everybody's aware, if you're not fully aware, it's very common for folks that are recovering from a TBI to have concerns with mental health. And you did too, and it was significant, right? That yeah. one period of time? Yes. Okay. So basically, 
really what I'm kind of getting at and really want to talk about today is that you had a strong sense of a loss while this was all happening. The loss of yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit today. Your battle within, right? So I know it's going to be a little upsetting at times as we discuss this. I'm aware of that. So, Terry, my first question that's kind of built around that is, and it's not really a question, well, maybe it is, but really what I want to know is it's, you know, it's near impossible for, for myself to understand and for lots of folks who didn't go through this, uh-huh. but can you give us a sense of what that means to you, that sense of loss, the battle within that you've been fighting for two and a half, three years? What does that, what is that like? Well, when I was first going through it and losing everything, and realizing I couldn't do it's extremely hard because I'm stubborn and willful. I guess that's really kind of the same thing, right? But type A personality, you always want to go. And I would hit brick walls and realize I couldn't go and I couldn't do. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's something to be sorry about, Terry. I love your willingness to be open about it, frankly. I'm sure everybody out there does too. For me, it's just a matter of, I guess... To keep trying, and then uh, and then I kept feeling the loss every time I kept trying. I would be hopeful going in, and then get let down. So when you're talking about some of those things, you're talking about, if I'm trying to make sure I understand it and try to paint the picture for the listeners out there, you're talking about that you used to be a real driven, go-getter type of personality, and the fact that you weren't able or capable to do that anymore you felt kind of odd and different like not yourself as well as all the, the pain and whatever the symptoms may have been that came along yeah, with it yeah i felt like i kept hitting brick walls and didn't know how to get through them around them nothing mm-hmm. like i was not able to get around this there were the other things that i was able to get around i was not able to get around this okay and i had to learn to work with it instead of, I always just thought I was going to defeat it. It would always show itself to be, it had its grips in me. Right. And that it was really the lead dancer and I wasn't. Okay. Well, that's, that's the way that you put it that I hadn't heard you say before. So when you say that it had the grips on you and it was the lead dancer and you really struggle with that, was that the leading cause for the depression when you went through that? Yeah, because I had lost all the activities that I liked, including my career. And I'm a fighter. And so when I kept battling and getting, like, beat down by it, eventually, after that happening enough times, yeah, it got to me. We'll get into what the outcome was a little bit later. But I had another question that's kind of along these lines as we're kind of setting the stage here. What it was like for you in the beginning and the feelings you were having was... And I never, we never spoke about this personally, but so this will be news to me as well is the question I have is, was this harder for you to overcome than the actual pain itself, the physical pain? I didn't really separate them, to be honest with you, Drew. Like the pain was part of why I couldn't get past it. The pain I was experiencing, like when I was getting that nerve pain and couldn't even put my head back and lean on a couch or anywhere and, and throughout my whole body. And I would have these shutdown days. I couldn't. I couldn't get past that. I didn't separate. Okay, 
That's any of this. It was all to me, all of it was what I was trying to, to not experience. I understand that. I didn't realize that you had them kind of blended together. I thought you were looking at it differently, so that's okay. As we go, I'm learning here a little bit too. Do you think during this, like we talk about, you lost your identity, so to speak. You spent some time grieving it. You talked about how you couldn't get around it. And for that period of time, that was the struggle itself where eventually you learned to not fight it as much, but to kind of embrace the new you to a degree. But there was a period of time where this was going on that you lost your profession as a teacher. Yeah. And for you folks out there, Terry, when you asked her who she was, she said, I am a teacher. It wasn't just a job she did. So you lost that. Was that the biggest struggle of all of this? Or was it the inability to do the things that you used to like to do or both? Yeah, I really didn't break anything. I, that was heart-wrenching. It still is. But the activities were tough, too. I had a hard time with that. I the things I like to do, like when we would go hiking mm-hmm. and I couldn't get far. Yeah. I felt like I was letting you down. No, never, never. I understand that you might have been feeling that and, way. And, and other people too, not just you. I felt yeah. like I was letting down anyone that I used to do activities with. So not just you, but anyone that, like Brooke, my daughter. Yeah. We did Zumba together. We we hiked, did things together. But I felt like I couldn't even do that with her. And so what could I do with her? Go for a cup of, cup of freaking coffee, you know? Yeah. We learned to adapt too, though. But I felt bad that you guys had to give up a lot too. Yeah, well, I understand that. But that's, I looked at it like that's what families are for. And made this, that commitment to you all those years ago. I'm not saying I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, but that was just the way I, I saw it. How long did you grieve over the fact that you were different like this? Or are you still grieving? Well, you know, I could still cry when we talk about it, but I'm actually really not grieving like I was grieving. And I grieved for, I would say, a good year and a half. Mm -hmm. And maybe even a little more. It wasn't until I felt productive again and got back out there and found a new me, so to speak, yeah. and started like coming through the rubble and, and then getting and pushing the, the shit off of me yeah. and getting out that I felt like, oh, maybe I found something else I could do and uh, maybe it's okay. And I started to make new friends and I just found new avenues and new pathways, kind of like how my brain needed to make new pathways mm-hmm. and new avenues. So did I. So there was this learning curve with that. And once I accepted it and became open to, hey, this isn't so bad. I can do this. I got through the depression part of it, along with the help of the tools we talked about. Like I had a mm-hmm. lot of support. I, right. I support myself. We talked about that, but it was, it was also the mind, the mindset. Now, I'm just going to ask you about that because from my perspective, it was a mindset shift that also helped you kind of overcome extreme depression that you were experiencing. It was uh, like yeah. once you you had to come to like an acceptance. It was it was definitely a mindset, and I think all the tools that we've talked about in mm-hmm. previous episodes, the mindset, time, and then me 
getting out there and actually being able to get out there and then making new friends and finding new things to do with my life that were interesting to me because I like my mind to be engaged and I well, I want to get out there and, and learn and, and feel that it's life is interesting, not just status quo. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, there's a big void that you had to fill. Like, I am a teacher. And like, we keep going back to that, where for, for most people, it might be like, oh, I go punch the clock and I come home. And then don't identify right, their, their job, job as who they are. There might be some professions that are like that. But not not everybody is. So there was this big void that I saw that you you had to fill that gap too. Yeah, and I still struggle where I can get choked up like I just did in the beginning of this episode. I still struggle with that. There was a loss of activities and things that I really love to do. I'm hoping that I will be more capable and can get some of those activities back. I joke that I even want to get back on a bike. (laughs) But right now, that is a joke, folks. Terry, it's common for people to have change in the eyes of themselves and their family that are going through this. Right. Uh, A few examples of what I'm speaking to here could be an individual becomes anxious when they weren't anxious before, quick to get angry or get angry without even knowing why, develop PTSD lose cognitive abilities such as memory or spelling capabilities. You've had some of these that it's, I speak to without a doubt. These these types of changes along with other losses such as profession or stature in family puts a tremendous amount of stress or pressure on families and, and the survivors. I mean, how do you feel that you change outside the new profession and what are some differences you see in yourself? Okay, I can tell you the ways I think I'm the same, but how I've changed is such a long laundry list that it would be ridiculous for me to even begin to start to try to tackle it. Okay, so why don't you start with some of the most significant ones then? Just give us a few examples. I have a ridiculous amount of energy, and that is something that I've always had. But now, I still am energetic, but I lose it so damn quickly. That is something that floors me every time it happens. I am much more, I've always been sensitive and I have passion and and emotion, but I am, it's in a different realm, that emotion and how I can easily get upset, short of fuse, that kind of thing. And I don't always identify why, why I feel that way. It just, it's easy to happen. Right. The irritability. I could get irritable with even just being in a chaotic situation. Like, it's too noisy here. Mm-hmm. The lights are, are extremely just friggin' bugging me the heck out. I need to get the heck out of here. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Just get me out now. And I can't always put my finger on it, but I feel it. And then I start to get, like, shaking my foot. And, and the anxiety starts. Yeah, it starts to get in there. And I used to be able to track thousands of conversations at one time you could throw a room full of people in and i'd be right in there having the conversation and be talking to everyone so the teacher in you yeah now it's like i can only pay attention to one of you and everybody else i i can't process at all so it's becomes a mess for me so i can lose track of the flow of things right 
and it can become overwhelming where I've never felt that before and, and especially in any social situation. So that creates social anxiety and I'm basically an extrovert that's been forced to be somewhat of an introvert. So I, where I recharge with people like an extrovert does, yep. except it's difficult for me to <laughs> recharge with people because, and at the same time, that sometimes brings out some of my symptoms. How an introvert would go and recharge by being alone. I now see do that where I've n- never, never did that. So that is definitely different. Okay, so those are a few good examples. Like you said, you could probably go on here forever and ever and ever if you want to. But the awareness that you have around it, I think, is a positive thing. Yeah. You know, that you're aware that you're feeling these things or this might be a little bit different than it was previous um from personality perspective or something like that, which I think is a positive thing. You spoke earlier that you went through the grieving process and you came to terms with it, so to speak, and that's where it began to get better for you, the acceptance, right? So with that being said, are there any recommendations that you would have for those listening how to fight through the grieving process that you use? So one thing I, I think we just need to grieve. Yeah. I think okay. I think this society uh, issue of it's how do we stop people from that is not okay it is okay to cry it is okay to to feel a sense of loss and to i feel that go ahead cry go ahead grieve it because that's a stage you have to go through that and then you have to get to acceptance mm-hmm. and then figure out okay now what now what oh, do i do yeah what's the new normal for you yeah, pick yourself up and go from there, but allow yourself to feel it, and it's okay. Like, you did lose something. You did, and things are different, and, and maybe that doesn't upset a person that's going through it, and that's okay, too, but whatever it is you're feeling, feel it and own it. It's okay, and I don't mean to to say that in a way that a person should be destroyed and not be able to function. I'm just saying uh, not everything needs to suppressed and put away you okay. know like that's okay. like like there should be shame to it in a sense you know okay. what I, mean? I understand what you're saying yeah well from a caregiver's perspective you know i worked really hard trying to pay attention you know to you and kind of what you were feeling and that type of thing and to try to gain a little bit of knowledge and i also had to acknowledge the fact that you had the injury and things were going to be different right yeah like even from where i sat if you're another spouse out there of somebody who's going through this I understand you might be looking at like, well, crap, I didn't marry this person. You know, he or she is quite different than the person I originally married. I, I get that. I understand it. It's true, right, for a lot of folks. Yeah. But we've been married for 31 years. And at the same time, the kind of the way I've looked at it also was that we, we're not the same we were 31 years ago, regardless. No. You know, people change. It's just natural way of, uh, of living and life in general. So we're, it's okay. We're going to change, you know, whether or not it's something that just happens naturally or is caused by something like an injury that most folks get, you know, with the post-concussive. Yeah, you kind of, as long as you uh, grow together. Right, exactly. (laughs) Or change together. Yes. Now, I understand that could be a great deal easier than it sounds. Oh, yeah, no, and not to say that we had it easy either because we had had some rough spots, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely that, and we had to learn how to, be husband and wife in a different way now, that type of thing. And it took work. You say that you've kind of come to terms with this. Are you still working on it? Yes. Okay. I work on it all the time. And I can't, like I said, I use my tools to support myself. So I never, 
I'm gonna keep my emotions right where I wanna want them to be and I'm working on them if I feel them starting to slip and go into that downward way or I'm starting to have those negative thoughts. I try to do something I really enjoy. I get out any of my tools that have worked for me. Maybe I go out and see a friend, connect with a person or family. Just something to not have that self-pity and feelings, like to not dwell on that. Just go, okay, yeah, that, that yeah, there you are again. There's that feeling, but you know, what can you do instead? And what do you like? And what will make you happy? And go do that. Like you have other things. I'm trying much much more to emphasize the positives that I do have in my life and the good things that remain instead of what I've lost. And that is what I'm talking about when I talk about the mindset and the shift in that, where I am, I used to emphasize a bit more about what I had lost and the, the, the negative. Now it's more I completely agree with this more, agree. more of, Hey, even that gratitude jar. Can we, can we talk yeah, about please that? Do. Yeah. Like uh, it was a New Year is, I don't even know, it's not a tradition, it's a thing we just, just decided to do yeah. this New Year. Right. That we took a jar and we write on it each Sunday. That's correct. One thing we're, that, one good thing that happened in the week and one thing that we are grateful for that week. And in the beginning that was really hard for me. I had to really think <laughs> yeah. about that and struggle with that because I was used to the emphasizing what I lost and the negatives and when you start to really work on what am I grateful for even if you get up every day and say what's one good thing uh, I'm grateful for today or at the end of the day what's one good thing that that happened you can find it you can find it really there is something and start emphasizing that and changing the mind the mind is a powerful thing oh, I, I would agree with that Terry I've seen you in the worst possible way mentally because of this and then I've seen you come out of it the other side, you know, where it was sort of as corny as it sounds, the rainbow came. So there, there is no doubt about it. I remember you talked about the tools, but I remember you really working at, I need to change the way I'm thinking about this. Yeah. Right. And you actually worked at it, which really, frankly, from, from where I sat, I saw it ha happening too. I also saw you trying to get a spark again by trying things in life that you never did before you know you went to ladies meetup groups and got involved in networking and started that game night with right. with with my ladies and that right. that was just pure fun and Exploring. meeting new people right. and that and you know and it wasn't wasn't impossible for me to to play games with them Although it's like that conversation and uh, I'll just have to focus on maybe one or two people and that's okay. I just filter out the rest, but it was something I can do. It did bring me joy because I enjoy people. And you were allowing yourself or making yourself to have new experiences, which I think is right. important. And I have to say something because it was really difficult for me to walk into any of them. In fact, the first time I walked into any of them, the game night one, I went with Jolene, my sister. I like could not walk in there on my own, but now I feel like now that I know the ladies, I could totally go on my own. I'm comfortable with them, but there was so much social anxiety from this injury that I was like, I can't even get myself to go alone, but I had somebody I could bring. And then for Provo, Brooke took the darn day off from, you know, took a personal day to, to be there for me. Yeah, right. 
Well, that's so uh, that, tell, tell the folks what that is. They don't know uh, it, it's a it's a women's networking group, and we are not. We just a bunch of women that go to support each other. Women empowering women. It's right. So awesome! I love that group, and I love those girls. But I would have never met any of them because I never could have gotten up enough nerve to even walk in there the first day. So Brooke, you know, our she, daughter, yeah, yeah. You know, she went with me. Yeah, so she helps you muster up the courage. To oh, actually, I got that wrong. She went with me for the. She took the personal day and went with me for the for the presentation. But Kate Renee, hi Kate, if you're listening, she went with me the first day, and I think she actually went the following month too, Kate. So <laughs> I was helping Kate. Kate was helping me, but we were. But all in all, it's all about women empowering women, right? So there's beauty in that too. Any final comments before we shut it down for tonight? Or have you said your piece for the time being? I guess one more thing. Like, it's tough, and I'm not going to say, ever say that it's not, because I, I live it. But I think that grit and you you being tough is is quite, we are all capable of that. So believe in that and find that in yourself, because it's in there. That's a great way to end it, Terry. Before we actually go and talk about closing up shop here, I have to say, once again, I appreciate your courage. I cannot tell you how proud of you and how much I admire you for always showing your willingness to share your story in hopes that it helps others, which, you know, yesterday you got a chance to talk to somebody who listens and yeah. possibly help the young lady out. So, I mean, that's really what it's all about. I want to say thank you for that. And hopefully, you're welcome. I hope that everyone does receive some value in this. Please take the time to subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it wherever you may listen. And be sure to share it with everyone in your world that you think could benefit from it. Connect with us at abattlewithin.com and please tell us your story while you're there. Show notes and resources are available at abattlewithin.com. 013 is the episode. We're also on Facebook at A Battle Within. Until next time, for those recovering, show yourself some grace. For those who know someone recovering, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Bye, folks. Take care, folks. Keep battling.